0: Hey, you're listening to episode, I don't know, Mark, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the new year, the uh, holiday, I've just gotten lazy. So (laughs) (laughs) apologies that it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, You know, Mark was on vacation, I was on vacation, and we uh, didn't let you guys know that it will be a while, at least two or three weeks before the next podcast, but that's okay, because Mark, what do we have on, on deck for today?
1: So we have Nick Rockwell, um, and we're going to talk about serverless and containers. Nick, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Uh, hi, my name is Nick Rockwell. I'm the CTO at the New York times. Um, and we've been experimenting pretty heavily with serverless and I've become fairly convinced that, um, it's the way to go. Um. And I'm sure we'll get into a little more detail about what we mean by serverless. But I'm I'm sort of betting the farm and committing our whole team to drive ahead into serverless as aggressively as we can. So I'm obviously pretty bullish and excited about it.
1: So Keith, I remember uh, you wrote a post about serverless is more than uh, AWS's serverless, which I would call function as a service or event driven computing. Um, so I think it'd be good if we can start with understanding what we mean when we say serverless now versus what we meant when we may have said serverless you know, a year ago.
0: Yeah, Nick, uh, just some background. I, I got And I got beat up for this about a year you ago, did. if you remember, Mark, you is that, you know what, the concept is that developers just want to write code and push that code to some service that runs the code. To me, that's serverless. So there's a bunch of different things that may fall in that category, just as long as my operation team doesn't have to worry about the servers. I don't care if it's functions as a service in the form of Lambda, uh, Google Cloud Functions or anything, you know, those event-driven components that people called serverless a year ago versus, you know, we've gotten to this debate, me me and you directly, that Pivotal Pivotal Cloud Foundry or Cloud Foundry in general run by someone like IBM off-prem in a public cloud is, in fact, serverless. So, Nick, what's your view? Define serverless for us. Um, My
2: view is uh, pretty straightforward, but I think the the key thing is that there shouldn't be any operating system. Uh, There shouldn't be any instances of any kind. You shouldn't have to think about scaling you shouldn't have to think about cross-region reliability and the architecture at that level. If you find that you're having to deal with any of those things, it's not really serverless. Um, I do think that the you know Lambda and the various function as a service um, platforms out there absolutely count. But I also think that we have a tendency to focus too much on function as a service um, It's not quite true that developers just want to write code. They want to build applications. And something like Function as a Service is probably the easiest way to write some code and get it running somewhere. But it's not a great paradigm for building complex apps. So I I feel like overemphasizing Lambda or or other Function as a Service platforms has been one way that people have have dismissed serverless. Um, There are other ways to do it. The trend is in a different direction, I believe, and that um, really makes it actually
1: much more impactful. So we're just now starting to get this. A lot of people are just now starting to get into containers, right? Countless people I talk to, oh, yeah, we're getting ready to deploy Docker, Kubernetes, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So how is it that you're ready to bet the farm, so to speak, on serverless when most people are still hung up on containers?
2: So I, I look at containers in the classic sense, and I don't see too much to be excited about. To me, um, it doesn't meet the criteria that I just laid out. You're still dealing with you know, an operating system image, although it's simplified, it's still the same thing. And you're still dealing with scaling and capacity management at the cluster level um so you know that i i feel like people have gravitated to containers because it's pretty familiar and it's pretty comfortable and it doesn't actually require you to re-architect or rethink too much and it's sort of easy um, but i don't see a whole lot of advantage in it so what what is starting to emerge that is pretty interesting is fully managed container services where the underlying cluster is completely managed by the platform. And this is kind of what App Engine Flex ends up being and and what Fargate, uh, Amazon's Fargate looks like. So that changes everything. Um, And then if the container is just the abstraction for like deployment of the application, but everything else is, is fully managed by the platform, that starts to look like a pretty good serverless paradigm.
1: So, if I'm not thinking about my container, if I'm just more thinking about my code and not drawing out on the whiteboard, here's container A, here's container B, it doesn't matter if they're – well, you think they'll be part of a serverless architecture, just managed better. Yeah, Is that but, kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah,
2: once I don't have to think about the cluster that my containers are running on and, and I don't have to think about the instances that make up that cluster – and what those individual CPUs and you know blobs of memory are doing, then it's it starts to be much closer to being serverless. If that cluster is also managed across availability zones and regions, and I therefore don't have to think about um, availability and reliability either, it gets even closer. And then the less that I use, um, you know, any like a specific custom configuration of the operating system uh, to make sure that my app runs and really just use the container to manage kind of code dependencies, it gets very, very close indeed. and That's really what App Engine Flex ends up looking like. So that's the path I think we're evolving down, um, but it's a big, big difference.
0: So, Nick, I think we we probably need to pause a little bit here and and help people wrap their heads around this because I'm sure there's a lot of folks scratching their head. Lambda was tough (laughs) enough to get, and they eventually got it. Okay, there's some code that I can run that can kick off the event, but I still have this static. So at some point I have a server that's uh, either running um, some type of uh, steady state application and whether it's a storage array or something that kicks off an event, there's something that I can anchor my code and my thoughts to even in the functions as a service model for serverless. What is that abstraction logically when we think about this building an entire complex app. What, what's the, is there anything that we can anchor kind of our, our mind to, to grasp, oh, this is, we're no longer thinking about OSs. We're no longer thinking about containers. We're thinking about what?
2: I think it, it's, it's the app. And that's very, very clear in something like Google's App Engine Classic, where you're deploying code um, and it, it's your whole application. And it's, you know, managed and uh, defined in a very specific way. And the good news is that, you know, we, we need to build applications that are more complicated than a few functions strung together on a function-as-a-service platform. But it also, serverless helps to orient us towards making them nonetheless pretty simple. Like the, the marriage of serverless and microservices is very, very natural. So we find ourselves like deploying smaller apps and they don't have to be super complicated and they shouldn't have a lot of sort of gnarly dependencies. So um, we really just get to think about the abstraction of the the application and hopefully in a pretty simple way.
0: I don't need to think about, okay, what version of uh, whatever OS I need to run in my container, uh, the, the, the people who are dealing with even with people with container infrastructures, are still dealing with Meltdown inspector. Spectre. Yep. Uh, this completely abstracts that away. I'm thinking about, okay, here's the business problem. Here's the logic that I need to go through to solve that. Now let me go about coding it.
2: That's exactly right. And, and the other thing that's kind of great, even though it's a little uncomfortable for, for engineers, is I also don't have, there's a whole bunch of decisions that I no longer have to make that actually I can't really make. So many decisions about how that app is architected and run become part of the platform that it's the process becomes much simpler for me. Typically, if you're building an application from scratch, you start by making a choice about what database you're going to use and what language and what platform and what OS and how is it configured and what other services. Most of that goes away. So again, like the path from here's a business problem to here's the code I'm you know, producing to solve it, becomes much, much
1: shorter. So let's talk about your experience actually doing this, right? And I know a lot of times we talk about things that we can do, we might do, we should do, but have you actually deployed much serverless apps in your environment?
2: Yeah, we have. Um, my favorite one to talk about is our Crosswords app because it's tons of fun and also has some interesting challenges associated with it. But, you know, we've been focused on Google App Engine as, as our primary target for serverless and we and we built out the New York Times Crossroads app on, on App Engine and I'd say the hardest part was sort of uh, training or getting engineers over the hurdle almost of like how little they had to do. <laughs> uh, and how much you kind of have to just go with the flow of, of how that platform is structured and how it kind of goes about solving different kinds of problems. And then once we sort of got through that, the you know, the feedback I got from the developers was, wow, this is great. <laughs> you know, this is easy. And I don't have to think about scaling it. And, you know, that was that was pretty amazing. So so yeah, I mean, our experience has been very, very good. Um, what's a little bit what the next step is really to take we also have invested a lot of work in, in deploying apps onto container services, and I'm really excited to start Like experimenting with deploying those onto App Engine Flex and Fargate to see how that feels because I think um, that's a great migration path. So that'll help us move a lot faster.
1: So, Keith, you know what this reminds me of is a conversation that we had um, several times actually where IT needs to stop worrying about IT. And focus more on business needs. I think it's interesting that we've already kind of started talking about that with infrastructure, especially. And now I think that conversation is naturally moving towards a development.
0: Well, I love first that first off, Nick, that you guys uh, were brave enough to try this with the Crosswords app. Our good friend in the community, Sarah Veller, is a is a huge New York Times crossword fan. And if there's problems with the cross, that 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 app, she's oh, oh I can't I couldn't imagine that her times a few million people. Oh yeah. So the uh, you know what, Mark, and I, I think you're right, and this is. You know what we're prop- we're proponents of this whole concept that IT needs to get out of the business of turning knobs and you know managing equipment, but I, I just. Just personally, I feel some angst. That what do you mean? There is no knobs in 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 serverless. You mean I can't even set the the amount of RAM that I want in a instance? What if I need more? Yeah. What if I need more? And and there and I think that's a good thing. I think the fact that even I'm feeling a little angst about this is interesting so nick i'd like to ask you about that kind of cultural mm-hmm. change that you guys have had to go through what is that, that that been is like?
2: the hardest part you know we ask we all like work so hard to hire great engineers and now we're kind of asking them to not worry about a whole bunch of stuff and trust the platform provider to take care of it for them and that's hard the best engineers so like, typically when you're trying something new you put your best engineers on it, and they're the ones, frankly, who love poking holes and things the most. So, you know, they're going to spend a lot of their time trying to find out what's what's you know wrong with the <laughs> with the platform or what doesn't work or what they can't do. Um, and I think you got to let them have a little time to do that. And very often, a lot of this stuff is pretty raw, so they'll find some things, and you learn some valuable lessons. But hopefully, then the next step is you got to get them to the point where they actually get excited about that. Realize how much more productive they can be, um, and then like give them plenty, plenty of like uh, work to do and that's actual application that development. Uh,
0: so, Mark, we we've been through that. Is uh, you know once you you know the, it goes even when something as simple as virtualization. When virtualization first came around, and you know engineers first started to think, wait, we're going to go from having a hundred servers to twenty five. Physical servers, what job am I going to do? <laughs> and we soon discovered that IT, the, the IT quickly gets complexity complex as it scales. As you give, uh, you know, this is that Javon paradox. As you, as you make something more easy to consume, you're going to get more consumption. And one thing we know in computer science is scale breaks stuff.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree as as things get easier, things are going to get more complicated. But, you know, when your platform is built to help you reduce that complexity, hopefully it frees up your time in other areas that you can actually focus on providing business value, which is, I think, what we all need to be doing as technology leaders.
0: Nick, what are some of the pointers you'd like to either... Culturally, technically, or even process wise that you've learned that you, you're like, you know what, this is where we're where the industry itself is short at or this is where you really need to get on board with the concept right away.
2: I mean, I'll say as I as I open with like the, to me, this is a big one, like serverless is a big deal. I think it's bigger than like the first wave of cloud it changes more and has the potential to have a larger impact. So I'd say like pay attention to this one. Um, I also think for, you know, for management types like myself, this is one where you have to get involved and go pretty deep because you're, again, you're asking your engineers to change a lot of habits, um, and learn a lot of new tricks and they're just going to need to see you like leading from the front and like getting, getting involved and, pushing them a little and listening to them and, and helping the whole kind of organization and team like find their way into this new way of working. So, um, and that's what I would say, like, this is, this is one where it's worth going deep and, you know, the payoff's going to be there. So strong encouragement to do so.
1: So you've talked about this internally. Um, at the New York times, but also you've written about it and given a few presentations. What is the feedback that you've heard from audience members and other, when you people, when you start talking about this, it's so jarring that I can't imagine a lot of people just instantly get it. You know, I've actually been surprised. I, when I first started talking about
2: it, I really, I really thought, am I missing something? Because it seems so clear to me, but I sort of, felt so little enthusiasm from you know most of the people i encountered there's so much focus on containers but as i've talked about it the overwhelming response has been people coming up to me and saying like yeah of course oh my god like i hadn't really thought of it quite like that um but it's been quite easy to convince people and i've i've really been like trying to find people to convince me uh, that i'm missing something or to think about it differently and, and that hasn't really happened. So. I, I think it's just it's like we're at a moment where I think the momentum is actually picking up very quickly um but I'm finding that people do get it and they jump on board they just kind of need someone to say it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will love to to talk to you in a year yeah. from now and you know I I have this theory that um Stuff like serverless is going to make enterprise IT, the traditional sense, shrink. And at some point, we're going to push this logic so close to the business user that IT itself is going to be like the definition of what an engineer in an enterprise IT organization is going to be is going to completely change. That's just
1: I wouldn't say it's changed. I think it's going back to what it used to be. There was a time when IT was a function of the business right we we were co-located as part of the business and we've moved away from that so i think as we go back to that i think i don't think that's a bad thing
0: i don't i agree i like to do cooler stuff than fix boxes
1: me too so i think this is i think this is really great i've all said for a long time that containers are just a stopgap uh as we move down the the ecosystem it's just a smaller iteration of a server with some orchestration around that and so I'm glad people are starting to get that so uh nick any final thoughts
2: um no i would just say i'd encourage anyone who's listening to like again like this is a good one this this is going to be big uh it's worth digging in and rolling up your sleeves and understanding this and like be a little being a little bit brave and then also, like, talking to the platforms. I feel like they're a little in a place where they're not quite sure what we, what we as, you know, IT consumers want, and we need to tell them. Um, we need to tell them to keep investing in their serverless platform and keep pushing. And then, and then we need to tell them to, like, pass a lot of the savings back to us. So, like, uh, I encourage everybody to get involved, learn about it. Or, you know, start some stuff in your organization and then talk to, uh, talk to the platforms and let them know what you're doing.
1: Cool. So, Nick, where can people find you online if they want to follow and connect with you?
2: Uh, they can find me on Twitter as Nick S. Rockwell um, and on Medium as the
1: same. Awesome. And I am, of course, Mark May, Cincy Storage. Keith, who are you?
0: I'm um, at CTOvisor on Twitter.
1: Awesome. And uh, guys, don't forget, go to your mom's house. And when you're there, sneak into her iPod, her computer, all her devices, and just go to her uh, podcatcher and hit subscribe. Thanks, guys.